Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, welcome back. And I want to talk to you about what do you do in your day-to-day life that being a fractional CMO accelerates? I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, that treat business or treat work as their only activity where their life is, they give it all to the business and they bring nothing home to their family and they're pretty exhausted. They have no hobbies, um, they have no friends, they may have a lot of money, but they can't really spend the money. Um, Or if they spend it, they don't really get to enjoy what they spend it on. Uh, Maybe they do uh, some vacations and they bring their family along, their kids along, uh, and they find themselves just, you know, just working just a couple, just a couple hours, just a couple hours, honey, just a couple hours, and then I'll meet you guys down for lunch, right? Like that kind of thing, right? Where work becomes this thing where their life is is full and and they feel maybe a sense of uh, worth or importance as a result of the work, but really they're not kind of fostering and developing the rest of their life. So that's what I want to talk about today. It's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. Um, and it comes back to me that, you know, I'm reminded of this uh, time that I talked to a buddy of mine uh, when I was about to have a son uh, a couple years ago. And he said to me, Casey, what you're going to find is that you're going to make more money than you ever have before. And you're going to work less than you ever have before because you will have to. And I thought that was a really interesting thought. Like, it just, it just landed with me. Like, I was out for a walk. I remember where I was, off Lombard Street, down in um, Center City, Philadelphia. And uh, his words just, like, just echoed in my head for weeks. And, I mean, I still remember them years later. And I think there's some truth to it. I mean, a ton of truth to it. Like, having seen what life is like with a kid, um, life is, you know, with a child, is, it's fleeting. Like, my son changes so rapidly. Like, he is growing so quickly that if I don't stop and savor this moment or stop and take him to the park today or go out on that bike ride or, um, you know, sign him up for that class that I can go with him and attend or, you know, do this event, do this thing with him, come up with this thing, make the cookies with him. Um, you know, right now we, uh, he and I had this, uh, big to do. I took him out to Ikea. We got a big, uh, clear container. Then we ordered some Jiffy pellets and then we went on rareseeds.com and we ordered, uh, three different varieties of peppers um, and some mint we got and uh, put them in the Jiffy pellets, have grow lights on them. We're starting them indoors every day, every morning, every evening. He looks at it like fostering those kind of memories. I'm seeing the importance of that. And that, that takes time. Um, when I was, you know, before I had kids, before I was married, I had a lot more free time and I filled it with activities, but, um, you know, they were kind of fleeting things. Some of them were hobbies that I kind of had to, you know, uh, curtail a bit as I got married and uh, had kids. But um, generally, the thought here is that when you have something that creates constraints in, in, your, in your life, in your day, in your time, you still have to produce the same outcome. You know, it's Parkinson's law. Work fills the time allotted. So my question to you is, what, what constraints are you adding to your life 
so that you can work more efficiently when you work. Now, I don't know about you, but if I have an hour-long activity to do over the weekend, I tend to do it on Sunday night. Right? Just because work fills the time allotted. I go out all day Saturday on Sunday. Maybe, you know, we go get breakfast. We hang out, go for a walk as a family, whatever. And then after I put the kids down, I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing, one hour, boom, knock it out on Sunday. Work fills the time allotted. So what I suggest to you is that you create artificial constraints in your workday so that you have to get more done in less time. And then you have to fill that time with something else. Now you can fill that time with like nothingness, like true nothingness, like meditation. That's totally cool. You can also fill that time with um, a new hobby or an activity. And then it's up to you to kind of figure out what that activity is for you. If it's fitness and you want to train for a 5K, 10K, triathlon, Ironman, whatever, that's cool. Um, Maybe you're into long distance cycling um, and you want to go out for hours and hours on that. I've got a friend whose husband is a um, marathoner, and what what I learned uh, in chatting with her is that he's gone a lot, because he's got to put the hours in. Very interesting, right? So he's committed to doing that. He's committed to having a great livelihood, like bringing in uh, a great income for his family, and he's also committed to being a great father. It's tough to do all those things, especially when you let work kind of kind of do everything. Like work is everywhere. Like work is always, all the time, you're always having meetings, you're always available, you're always getting texts and getting pulled in and fires and whatever. So in this podcast, I want to ask you what would you do if you worked half the time that you work now? What would you do if you worked half the time? As a fractional CMO, you are in many ways doing what a full-time CMO does in a whole lot less time. Now, the, the truth of that statement is you're not. Um, a really great full-time CMO, like some companies need that. They really need that 40, 50, 60 hours a week. The person that's in person, the person that's going out to fundraising activities or meeting with um, uh, the board or um, going to spon- uh, activities that they sponsor, like events and, and, and conferences. You know, they need that CMO in those, in those places, Some companies need that. They need a 40, 50, 60 hour week CMO. Yes, that makes sense. And also, a lot of companies have a full-time CMO and that CMO is inefficient. They're not really solving big problems and they're spending more time to do things that, you know, otherwise you could do in a whole lot less time. Or maybe they just shouldn't be doing some of the stuff that they're doing. So what would you do if you only worked half the time? What would it be? Now for me, I'm, I'm a hobbyist photographer. It's just super fun for me. I love it. And I have a lot of reasons I love it. Uh, I love reportage photography. I love, um, you know, the work of Magnum Agency and, and the photographers there, like Alex Soth and Beak Deporter and um, uh, Cartier-Bresson. And, like, that style of photography, for, for me, it's, there's just something really palpable and exciting about it, something very touching and personable. Um, if you don't know who those people are, like Beek Deporter is, is a, a, a Dutch woman who went through Russia years ago, I think in the early 2000s, with just a Hasselblad 500cm uh, medium format film camera with a letter that a friend wrote for her, which said something to the effect of, hi, I'm a photographer. I was wondering if I could photograph you as you got ready for bed. Like what an incredible you know story she has in, in her books. And I just think her work is super touching. Um, and, and, and 
like that's that's not something that you can do 20 minutes uh you know on a friday afternoon that's that's a project that takes a considerable amount of time to do you know now for her that's her whole livelihood you know as, as i understand it um for a lot of those photographers that's their livelihood as well but i think of i think of these um kind of artists uh in history who couldn't simply do their art because they couldn't afford to. They couldn't afford to, to live. But they still had something that they wanted to do. Maybe it was play music. Maybe it was painting. Maybe it was volunteering at a soup kitchen. Maybe that's their art, right? Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, uh, working uh, for the local land conservancy and uh, clearing brush. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, traditional art, but I think that that's, that's an interesting thing to think through. What would you do if you had this time? Uh, I'd like to visualize myself being retired, which I think is kind of a misnomer because I'm sure I'm a bit like you, which is like, maybe we'll never retire. Maybe retirement is just not for us. Um, now, working less certainly could be. Working completely on my own terms, absolutely. But I do like it, right? I, I, I like being a fractional CMO. I like stepping into companies and being really useful and, and helping companies with a great mission do something big. So maybe you'll never retire, but just play the game for a moment. What if you did retire? What would you fill your time with? You know, the typical answer is spending a lot of time with my grandkids, maybe, maybe golfing a lot. Okay. I mean, what if you could do those things today? What if you could just like book, maybe not today, but like next month, you take off two Fridays to go golfing. It's probably doable. And you'd have a four-day work week that you'd have to get things done in, and then you'd have the whole day off to go golfing. You could do that, I bet, right? And I think most people could probably figure out how to do that. I think they're unwilling to take that kind of um, uh, commitment, you know, make that commitment to themselves and, and really support themselves um, and, and do something big and exciting uh, like that because it feels weird. You know, what if the client needs me? Well, then they can wait until Monday. That's the answer. And if it's a true emergency, then they'll call you, right? I can think over the last five, six years, how many true emergencies have I had? Man, so few. And the ones that I did have, I couldn't do much about them immediately. You know, I could say, I've got it. Like, I'll handle this emergency, guys. You know, the executive team says, we have an emergency, Casey. I say, okay, I recognize that. I got it. I'll take care of it. But, you know, there's oftentimes not much you can do. For example, the website goes down. Oh, you know, that sucks. No one wants to get that message. Certainly not like during a launch or something. But like, what can you do? You can reach out to the developer. You can go into the back end, maybe restore a backup. Um you can move the staging site and push it to production if something's corrupted, right? There's like very few things that you can do there. And then, you know, you let your adrenaline kind of calm down and then you get back to enjoying yourself and you address the process problem that allowed that to break in the future. I've got a, a great friend, Bill, and he's a technologist. And he said, uh, he's told me, um, I don't fight fires. I build fireproof buildings. So that's ultimately your aim. You don't want to be a firefighter. You want to just build fireproof buildings, your marketing campaigns become fireproof, right? That's what you want to do. But what would you do with yourself? What are your hobbies? What do you want to do? Is it easy for you to say, oh, I would do this thing? I challenge you, if that is the case, to go book that time on your calendar next month or the month following. You can do it in the next three months. I guarantee you can spend a week flexing and doing that stuff. 
taking some time, some vacation time, whatever it is. Do you want to learn pottery? Is there a local potter studio? What about glass blowing? Do you want to learn how to do 3D printing and CNC, you know, lathing and milling? Maybe that's your thing. Like, what is it for you? Do you want to go volunteer somewhere? Work at a greenhouse? Like, what's the thing for you that is life-affirming? That's exciting. Is it surfing or snowboarding? Can you plan that trip to go somewhere? You don't have to, you don't have to go to, you know, the fanciest place. You don't have to go to, like, that beautiful powder in Japan and go skiing. You could probably just find someplace closer to you or book a trip for the next year um, and, and, you know, start amassing the gear. Whatever the thing is, I challenge you to do it now and start creating less time to be a fractional CMO. Why? Because, again, you will use the time that you do have more effectively than you would use otherwise. You will be more effective. You will be deadly as a fractional CMO because you come with a pressure that says, we got to do it now because I don't have time later. We got to do it now because my pottery class is tomorrow and I'm really excited about making a teapot, right? So what is the thing for you? What brings you joy? Where are you interested in spending more time? Why do I like photography? It's because it helps me slow down. It helps me savor the moment. A great photograph can bring back to me a feeling in a way that I can't write. You know, I can't write in a way that brings about those same feelings. I, can, I collect my thoughts every, every day in, in an evening journal uh, about what happened and the things that were story worthy. But it's very different than seeing a photograph of my kid right now as they are, right? And I enjoy the joy of, of uh, using a different camera for it. Um, I went out yesterday uh, with, with my wife and my son, and we went to um, uh, like a, an event for kids. And then afterwards, uh, we played kind of in a, in a little bit of like a, a forest. And I brought a camera with me. I brought a Hasselblad um, super wide camera, the SWC. It's a super fun camera. Um, if you're a photo person, I shot at Portrait 400. Uh, it was a sunny day out, so I was shooting at like f22, and um, it was like zone focus, and I was just capturing potentially really fun photos of my kid, things that I can look back on. You know, I'll develop a role, and it'll take me you know a month or two or three months before I finish a role and get it developed. And then I get to look back at those photos and it brings about a memory. I print them, I have them on my walls. And it's just like, to me, that like surrounds me with, with what I have right now. And I'm super blessed to have it. So that's why I like photography. But I know other people that are into a bunch of other stuff. Some people are like, I love the people that are like into whatever. Like whatever you're into is cool. Are you into fountain pens? Are you into Arduinos and Raspberry Pis and programming and IoT? Are you into crypto? Are you trying to learn solidity on the side because you find it just intellectually stimulating? Do you want to read about the life and times of Thomas Jefferson? Right? All of these things are completely valid. Do you want to learn about, um, you know, uh, the world wars and how they started and, and the strategies that the generals used um, throughout the wars. Like, is that interesting to you? Maybe you're a film buff and you're really excited to learn about anamorphic lenses and seeing cinematically how stories get told. All of those things are great. And I like, I encourage you to take a really serious uh, approach to being a student of that stuff and just reducing the time that you spend as a fractional CMO. The less time you have, the more pressure you'll have on yourself to get it right, be focused, uh, 
um, uh, generate a great outcome, um, and, and, and just like not kind of play around. The, the secondary effect of that is, is significant. Namely, you're going to be building a reputation as someone who gets shit done. Again, because you've got, you know, plans tomorrow. You're, you're going down to uh, um, like a, a watercolor cl- class. And, you know, you don't want to be interrupted while you're painting a, um, a portrait with watercolor. <laughs> you know, like, so you have to get stuff done. And the second thing is what you bring from those different disciplines into business can oftentimes be a creative breath of fresh air. If you're into acting, there's just a way that you see the world that is just really nice and interesting and valuable potentially. Now, I I wouldn't say there's a one-to-one direct application of everything you learn in acting, right? But if you get into that stuff, you know, you have a sense of satisfaction, you have a sense of um, uh, intellectual uh, stimulation, you're sharper, you're hungrier, you're just a different person in that way. You're also a more interesting person. And in the inevitable future where maybe you stop working, maybe you retire, or maybe you really scale back significantly on your work, what are you going to do with your time? Are you just going to hang out with your grandkids? Are you even going to have grandkids? Is that even in the cards for you? Or do you need to find something else besides just, you know, watching reruns of your favorite show? So I challenge you to come up with something to take up your time. And I challenge you to start getting into it. However fast you can get into it, just start wading in that water and, and, and having a, a desire to be great at it. Not because you need to show off to anyone else, but because, you know, mastery is a worthy pursuit and you will become a better fractional CMO as a result. I'd love to hear from you. Is this interesting? Um, what, what are you committing to? What hobby are you going to get into? Um, what activity do you want to do? What class are you going to sign up for? What book are you going to read? What course are you going to enroll in? Let me know. Just, uh, you know, shoot me an email. Grow at cmox.co. Um, that's an inbox that I monitor. Just hit me there. Grow at cmox.co. And also, if you want to be in community of other people who, like, have a cool life, who, who, who are just doing neat stuff and making a bunch of money and solving big problems as a fractional CMO, uh, our CMOX Accelerator is like the place to be. We have the top fractional CMOs. We have people that have come in from a um, senior CMO role as a full-time employee and they want to flex a bit and have more clients and solve bigger problems and get out of the corporate kind of grind. And we've got other folks who are uh, young marketers who haven't had a whole lot of time um, in leadership roles, and they're looking to really become a leader. Now, I'll tell you, the people who are a bit younger in their careers, it oftentimes takes them a little bit longer to get their clients. But when they get them, they're shortcutting their way to success by years by doing this. Versus, you know, the full-time CMOs, um, you know, sometimes uh, you know, they're, just, they're just one or two ideas away from netting a big client that replaces their complete income, or maybe two clients that replace their income and they work half as much. So really exciting stuff to, to watch unfold with our CMOs. If you want to learn more about that, head over to cmox.co slash invite, 
And I've got a video that I recorded there for you. It tells you kind of all the stuff that we got going on. And you have an opportunity there to um, watch that video and then book a time with my team to chat with them, ask them any questions you want, and uh, we'll see if we can help you. Okay? All right. That's cmox.co slash invite. I hope this message finds you well, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 